What's up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror podcast taking you on a ride. Janae is here. Hey. I'm AJ, and it's March again. But that's okay, because it's International Women's Month, so um, double kudos for all my Black women, because we get two months to celebrate. But also, since it's a new month, we get a new theme, and our theme is Grow Up Sis. Every Friday, we'll be dropping episodes on movies dealing with coming-of-age stories tailored to women. Of course, if you'd like to see the full list, you can visit our IG, D180 Podcast, go and give us a follow, and visit the park themes highlight to view our list for March. So jumping things off, we're talking teeth. No, not the one that Chip Skylark has, but the 2007 horror comedy. Before I go on, I want to say that I picked out the movies for this month. Once we finalize them for the month, I just assigned them to whoever. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Janae. And I basically said that to answer her question on how she found the ride. So <laughs> there you go. Y'all know I didn't <laughs> So actually, I had never heard of this movie. So <laughs> this is my first time watching it. Mm-hmm. And it caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, this is my first time watching it, too. I've heard of it before. But it was just something, I remember seeing this available on Netflix a few years ago, but I just never, I don't know, I don't know, I just never watched it until now, and. (laughs) Definitely caught me off guard. It is directed, produced, and written by Mitchell Lichtenstein, and um, it was also produced by Joyce Piperly. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Mitchell for a little second. Mm -hmm. So... Mitchell started off as an actor, but then he later got into writing and director roles. So right. he actually start, first started acting in 1983, his first film. Um, I noticed that his movies deal with gay characters. He is openly gay. Mm-hmm. I, but I am not a fan of his directorial debut. Initially. But we'll talk about that later. Because Teeth is actually... Is Teeth his first? I'm not sure. That's what I was about to ask you. I'm not sure. Teeth, actually, it is. So let me go back and open up what I was looking at before. But Teeth is his first movie that he wrote, produced, and directed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then came Happy Tears. And Happy Tears is a comedy with Parker Posey, Love Her, and Demi Moore. Yeah. And then his last one that he wrote, produced, and directed is called Angelica. And it's weird because it's kind of similar to Teeth, even though I haven't seen it, but the synopsis is similar to Teeth. Yeah. So Did that one come out before or after? After. Uh, after, hmm. I wonder what yeah. he's trying to like. That's uh-huh. what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't really... I'm not going to find out because I'm probably not going to watch it, but... <laughs> Yeah, Happy Tears was 09, and then Angelica, 2015. Oh, that's pretty recent. Yeah, it's very recent. And so Angelica, for those, if you're interested, this is the synopsis. So these doctors in Victorian London prescribe abstinence to a young couple after the life-threatening birth of their daughter. And so Mm. apparently... 
sexual repression leads to some type of obsession and it opens up the door to paranormal activity in their house. So it's a horror thriller. Wait, 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 wait. No, okay, no, I'm thinking of Veronica on Netflix. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Never mind. So this one actually stars. I just looked up the art. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So I only know the person who's on the cover. I forget what show she was on or some movie. Mm hmm. But she's been a lot of stuff that I've seen growing up. Her crying is annoying. You know, sometimes you have a memorable cry face. Her memorable cry face is in my head right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this movie stars Jess Wexler as Don O'Keefe. Don O'Keefe. Keith. Mm-hmm. Oh, I said Keith. Keith. Don O'Keefe. <laughs> she was in It Chapter 2. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't watch it. Yeah. Like, it so, took me a second to even put that together. I was like, oh, because I kept looking at her like, huh. But in my head, the only Audra is the original one. Like, that's the only one I could get with. But go ahead. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I don't even think I watched the first, the very, very original it. So we'll get there at some point. I got plans for the park. Can't have a park without um, clowns, right? <laughs> I mean, and the funny thing about it, I know people who are, like, really scared of clowns. Clowns don't scare me. It's just, like, why would you want to watch a movie about horrible clowns? I know some good ones. Ooh, I'm going to put you on, Sister Girl, because there's some good ones that's, like, not Pennywise, not... I'm trying to think. Is it any other one besides Pennywise? Not any other one, because there are, but any other, like, popular ones. No, I think it's just it. But, girl, I could put you on to some... Yeah, we'll get there. But anyway. Okay, so then we have John Hensley as Brad. He's perfectly casted in this. Yes. Like, his look, his aesthetic, just everything fits for this role. Like, it's just... (laughs) I also don't really like him. Not, like, personally as a person, but he played D.A. Miller in How Mm -hmm. to Get Away with Murder. And mm-hmm. I didn't like him. Wait, yeah, I'm like, I haven't seen it. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it. But just in case we have people that haven't seen it and they might want to watch it, let's not spoil it. Just in case he does something, you know. I just didn't like him. <laughs> I mean, in a show like How to Get Away with Murder, you're rooting for the murderers, even though they're not really murderers. And D.A. Miller is the good guy, quote unquote. Yeah. Anyway, we have Hale Appleman as Toby, and this is my boo. He plays Elliot in The Magicians, and it is one of my favorite shows. So I think, I don't know, I'm pretty sure, yeah. In that show, you know they make a reference to teeth? They do, and I never (laughs) watched it. Um, I only saw it because I was curating um, social media posts for the week. And I think I'm going to use that one. And I was like, huh, I do like when obviously, you know, how Valentine kind of did it with David Bournas. I kind of think it's clever. You know how I am. Easy to win. Right. <laughs> and I, I love. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, Elliot. But that's the mumble. And then we have Josh Case as Dr. Godfrey. Lenny mm-hmm. Von Dolan as Bill, Ashley Springer as Ryan, Vivian Benesh, 
as Kim, Julia Garo as Alicia, Adam Wagner as Phil, and Trent Moore as Mr. Vincent. This movie had a hard time getting made. Yeah, hurt. Tell me about it. So Mitchell's manager at the time told him not to show the script to anyone and right. that anyone who read it will not read anything else he writes. And when he was asked why, he was told, well, not really he was told, but he just was like, okay, well, the movie industry is still run by men, and I guess they don't like the idea of seeing dicks get cut off. Most men don't want to see that. And it was so funny because I was talking to my boyfriend about the movie, and he was like, oh, T, I've seen that. He was like, I watched it three times. And I was like, why? And then he was like, it was kind of weird, but I liked it. I was like, so you like the idea of having your dick cut off? And he was like, no, you weirdo. But anyway, that's when I didn't like it. But we'll get into that later. So as a result of that, what he was told by his manager, um, Teeth was put together entirely with their own private money. So Mm -hmm. every film studio, even European ones, um, turned it down. There were obstructions at every turn from pitching to stage to production to post-production. And then even when they got funding, it was still an uphill battle when it came to actually shooting the movie. Right. So they needed a hospital set, a school, and a house. And they went down to Austin to shoot, which is actually kind of weird because it doesn't even look like Austin. But they went to Austin. <laughs> they went to Austin to scout locations to shoot. And a local film commissioner took them around to look at different locations. And apparently in between locations he read the script and was like yeah no nah, I'm not gonna help y'all anymore but not only am I not gonna help you I'm gonna call every place that we already went to and tell them that you're filming the porno so y'all can't shoot you're it. real petty <laughs> right but they ended up finding other locations in the city and of course the movie was made but it didn't even stop there because in the very beginning oh. scene with Don bicycling through there were protesters around protesting the movie while she's bicycling. Like, I'm just trying to work here. (laughs) So then that doesn't add to the many hurdles of this movie. So Mm -hmm. now they want to remake Teeth, but make it into like a TV drama. And they're still getting rejected at every turn. But I mean, besides then, and I know that the creators behind it like they have this reason but I'm like still this does not work on so many levels and it's not even from like a sensitivity thing and I'll talk about that later because honestly I'm not going to get into it but I am going to start by saying I wouldn't mind this movie being remade I don't think a TV show format would work I know why they wanted because binging and streaming is the thing to do but it just doesn't work for that after a while. Yeah, because I guess killing people with your vagina gets old. Beyond that, I want to save it because, yeah, we'll save it. (laughs) Okay, because I think it's actually kind of like a cute idea. I can see it. Well, yeah, I just, I have plenty to say about it, but. One more thing. They... They, sorry, Joyce and Mitchell actually wore matching promise rings while filming. Actually, the whole crew had promise rings. 
Yeah, she still has hers. I wonder if they had like, I guess they had an alternate one for the one scene, but yeah. I don't know. Sorry, y'all are weird. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm not gonna stunt you. I would have loved to have one, and obviously it would be for fashion reasons, but I think that's a cool promo item. Like if anything, I would have loved if they had, if, and I know this stuff we talk about in the souvenir shop, fuck it, this is my show. Um, if we have promo items, or if they have promo items, I'm saying we like, they pay me. I would like promise rings, but then I would want a pamphlet with the promise logo on it in a little ring, but on the inside, it's the movie Teeth, and it's like telling you about blah, 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 blah. Or it could be telling you about the myth of VD, I guess. That's a whole nother disease. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, no, but I was just, <laughs> I, I was going to say that because I was like, I feel like if it's not her, somebody going to be like, it's not VD. We, we know, and, but you know that we're talking <laughs> about Teeth, so you know what the VD means. Get with the program. We will kick you off the ride, okay? <laughs> We're gonna go to the Cuba. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Cause this here's a doozy. Here is a quiz. Mm -hmm. All right, so since this movie was made in 2007, this quiz talks about things that happened in 2007. How old was I? I was like... High school. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, it says 15, and I know I turned 16 my junior year. So, yeah, I had to be a sophomore. It's a mixture between freshman and sophomore because beginning yeah, of 07, freshman, yeah. second half of 07, sophomore. Yeah, you're right. Ooh, child. I had dated a senior when I was a freshman. Ooh, a lot of mistakes. Okay. Let's see how well you remember things that happened in 2007. So, which one of these was the song of the summer? Uh, Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani, Umbrella by Rihanna, Apologize by Timbaland and One Republic, Irreplaceable by Beyonce. Okay, so I definitely know Irreplaceable was like 2005, 2006. I know that Apologize definitely had to be like 2010 because we danced to that song. For some reason, I feel like it's Gwen Stefani because I was blasting that Lamb CD around that time. No, was that Sweet Escape? No, Sweet Escape is obviously Sweet Escape. That's a whole different CD. I feel like it's Gwen Stefani because Umbrella is 2008 because that's Good Girl Gone Bad. No, 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 no. Umbrella, that happened in 2009. Yeah, so that's after that. It got to be Gwen wrong it what? was rihanna who had the number one song that summer that was umbrella yes you know what <laughs> <Why the f> <laughs> and don't feel bad 
I thought it was Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani, too, because I remember that we marched to that song. I was marching in, in high school and college. And I remember in high school, we marched to that song. And I remember the specific march that we did. So I thought it was Sweet Escape. Yeah, I'm like, because, okay, I see where I went wrong with Rihanna. I'm not going to bring it up, but I see where I went wrong because those eras are very close. But, okay, what's the next one? <laughs> Which of these movies was not released that year? Super Bad, Knocked Up, Harry Potter, and the Order of the Phoenix, Batman Begins. Oh, shit. I know Super Bad came out in 2009, I think. I, huh, huh, wait, no, 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 no. Because I had that on my little iPod mm-hmm. Nano. I feel like Knocked Up came out that year, too, because that was, like, the year that all those comedy movies was coming out. Like, comedy was having a good time in that era. Um, what's the other two choices? Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and Batman? And the, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and then Batman Begins. Is it Harry? I don't know. Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> Because I'm like, I think Superbad was, for some reason, 2009 is yelling at me. But I know for a fact that I was at the original Emerson building watching that movie. So that had to be 2007. And I know Knocked Up came out around that time, too. Batman Begins, I don't even know which one that is. Like, Yeah, there's a lot of Batman movies. I'm just, I just feel like it's Harry Potter. And if I'm wrong, you know, but it's okay. You are wrong. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> it was Batman, because Batman Begins was released in 05. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I wouldn't have known. <laughs> All right. So, in 2007, who performed at the Super Bowl? The halftime show. Oh, shit. <laughs> Black Eyed Peas, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, or Prince? <sighs> I don't think it was Prince. Because I think that came later. I lucky think it was Black Eyed Peas. That's the final answer? Yeah, I'm going with them. Wrong. It was Prince. It was? Yeah. 2007? Yes. The Black Eyed Peas performed in 2011, Paul McCartney in 2004, and Bruce Springsteen in 2009. Which of these TV shows did not premiere that year? We have Parks and Rec, Mad Men, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and Gossip Girl. Mad Men? It was Parks and Recreation. Uh, yeah. That came out in 09. And then which of these moments did not happen that year? Drew Carey took over host as The Price of Right. Ellen DeGeneres replaced Paula Abdul on America Idol. Paris Hilton was sentenced to 45 days in jail for violating the terms of her probation. And then the Spice Girls announced that they were reuniting. First of all, that second one happened? I don't think that that happened. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> As I was reading that, I was like, that doesn't sound right. I don't remember uh, ever being on America Idol. I know Paris was hot in her early thousands. And I remember her going to jail for 45 days or whatever it was. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this wrong. Um, The last one? 
Oh, yeah. Space Girls, no, that happened. I feel like that happened later. Yeah, I feel like that happened later. Is it, um, whatever I said the third one was? Is it that way? Paris Hilton? Yeah. It is wrong. What didn't happen <laughs> was Ella DeGeneres, Ellen DeGeneres replacing Paula Abdul American Idol. Apparently, oh, I thought you said what happened that year. No, what didn't happen. I misheard you. Oh, well, so it actually happened. Ellen DeGeneres did replace Paula. It just happened in 2010. Yeah, I misheard you. It's all right. But she did get sent to jail that year. Yeah, that's why I was like, I remember that, but yeah. So it says you got zero out of five, right? On this quiz, you forgot some key things that happened that year, but no biggie. You can always revisit the music, movies, and TV shows that happened that year. You scored better than 4% of the quiz takers. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, eh. <laughs> I must have right. just been in my own little world. Sounds about right <laughs> for a 15 year old teenager. <laughs> like, I'm like pretty sure I was just watching Bad Girls Club all day. Like, <laughs> I, actually, I actually paid attention to pop culture when I was in high school. I mean, I did, and but I not was, that. Yeah, I was, I was a little different. The ideas of pop culture varies between, obviously, you already know where I'm going with this. So I'm like, obviously, the Prince thing, for some reason, I don't know. That just seemed very 2008 to me. But, um, yeah, the rest of that, you know, it, it was giving MTV, VH1, even though I used to jam to them in the morning. That was not my regular life. I was very much BET. Yeah, I didn't watch BET. <laughs> Oh, yes. I mean, like, we was up in MTV's neighborhood, but, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Unless they was playing them, like, I love the thousands, I love the 90s, I love the blah, 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 blah. I used to like those. Like, when it was actually, when VH1 was reality TV, that's when I was with it. Before, before, before they went left and went to, um, listen things. Love and hip hop. I'm talking about the reality shows where they like, well, I guess those are reality oh, shows. Yeah. The ones that I just mentioned that it was kind of like they were commentating on a certain subject. I liked that era of VH1 because it still had the music and blah, 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 blah. But when they started going too left with the reality, that's when I had to bounce out MTV. Y'all too. That was a good era when they were doing all the, well, I think after they did. The Stallionaires, love and not love and hip hop, but like finding love. I think that's where I was like, I'm tired of all these people. I did like a shot of love at Tua Tequila. Tua Tequila was my girl. No, I like that. That's well, see, no, that's part of that era as well. Um, that's probably like what around that 2000, what 2005 to 2008 era. I think I know Flavor of Love went. I think it might have went a little bit past that because I know they had like three seasons, but. Real chance of love. I feel like I feel like I might have been like knocking on college's door when that came out. I'm not for certain, but the thing is, it was just a Real whole different. Love was still in, in high school. I remember that. Now, charm. I remember Charm School. 
I only liked the first season of Charm School. After that, it kind of went left. But what I'm saying is like the whole thing with these shows in general, just I know that watching them now, I can tell that some of this stuff is obviously scripted and coerced by producers. But it's like now it's it's blatant. Like, for example, um, for example, and we don't got to dwell on this too long, but only because I just saw it. That whole uh, thing in Love and Hip Hop with Princess and Ray J, like when he pushes her in the pool. First of all, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Baby, no. Ain't no way. I have to believe in my head that that was scripted because Brandy's brother? No, I mean, like I'm saying off of Love and Hip Hop, he's had some weird years. That's why I was like, eh. So I can believe Oh, I'm not a fan of him. I'm not a fan of him. I'm just saying I have to believe that there's a lot more to the story that we probably didn't know. And it was probably a lot of instigating going on to lead him to That's what I'm pointing out, basically. Because there's no way you just thought that was okay, is my point. Like these men in this movie. You ready to talk about them? Sure. So buckle up, buttercups, because when we come back, we'll be talking about right. 2007 teeth. Is this your first time? Okay. So I imagine you have no idea what to expect. Not really. Don't worry. I'm not going to bite you. Just lie down. Put your feet right in here. Okay. Are you sexually active? No. I just want to be checked out. there might be something weird going on inside. What? What's... What did you put in here? There is something inside of me that's lethal. Dentata. What? It's Latin for teeth. It's what's inside me. Are you afraid? All right, so let's talk about the trailer. One thing I did not like about the trailer was that this it painted Keith as like this pure horror. It's another case of Jennifer's body to me, but pseudo backwards as we know and we won't go too much into it because we'll save it for when we actually cover that movie when we get there that movie was mismarketed it was marketed as more of a i mean it was marketed as a horror movie but more of a you know a scintillating experience for the men whereas this movie yeah i agree with you like the way it's cut they probably would have benefited from marketing this as a comedy, even with the picture, the cover art that we get of her in the bathtub. Like you automatically get Nightmare on Elm Street vibes. The initial that's cover. Not even the cover that's, what I'm that's not even the cover art that they wanted to Yeah, 
the initial cover gives a whole different vibe. Like the initial cover with her covering her private parts and it's the same gold star from the book. That one definitely gave me an entirely different vibe from the bathtub cover and from the x-ray cover. Like those are two completely different movies and they should have stuck with that one. And it wasn't actually the director's fault. It or, wasn't. Or the, um, or the producer, the other producer's fault. It was a distribution company. They right. wanted to sell it as pure horror. And yeah. it was, they totally believed that it was marketed to the wrong audience and that they messed up. I imagine that a 13-year-old Ashley would probably find this movie. Even, okay, so this movie came out when I was 15. Okay, so a 15-year-old Ashley would probably, I would probably find this movie slightly entertaining, but at the same time, a 15-year-old me probably wouldn't have understood in between the lines of the movie and some of the problems that it has. 15-year-old me wouldn't have been allowed to watch it. Yeah, we did. You know, we differed there, so I can't even argue there. (laughs) You know, I was watching this shit since I was five. We, We true to this over here. <laughs> this is like tablet time. <laughs> like, well, she's watching a horror movie. Okay, leave her alone. No, she's okay. She's okay. It's more or less because of the sex. Like, growing up, I was not allowed to watch BET. I was not allowed to watch anything rated R. I was capped at PG 13. So, like, yeah. I would, at 15, I wouldn't have been able to watch this. I had an interesting job. Attention survivors, from this point on, spoilers will be dropped. If you'd like to skip to the souvenir shop, please refer to the timestamps below. See you on the other side. Even though Ashley just gave a spoiler warning, I do want to give trigger warnings for basically this whole entire movie. Um, It's a lot of rapey situations that happen. And I just want to give like a, a trauma trigger warning before we start. So the movie opens with a tree sky view of this town. At the time, I didn't know it was Austin because it did not look like Austin, but it's, apparently it's Austin. And there's a nuclear power plant cooling towers. And well, you see nuclear power plant cooling towers. And then it pans down to an overhead view of what seems to be a mom and a dad sitting in lawn chairs on their front lawn. And then you have two children sitting in a kiddie pool first glance you think that they're brother and sister so apparently this is brad brad is splashing water out of the kiddie pool and his dad yells at him to not splash his sister this little boy yells she's she ain't my sister and then the father is like girl no, you know that's not what he said <laughs> you know that it's is like not she, with that no, little he no, said really, she's not my effing sister you know that boy dropped two bombs i said <gasps> He didn't drop F-bombs. Yes, he did. What version you watch? He said, she's not my fucking sister. He need to get smacked. Well, I mean, if he got smacked when he was a child, he wouldn't turn out the way he did. But anyways, Bill, after he said that, Bill was about to get up and whoop that ass. But the little girl's mom, didn't know her name at the time, tells him to give the kid a break. And then, you know, it shoots back to the pool. And it appears that Brad pulls down his swimming trunk. Because then you get a close-up shot of Dawn's face as she's looking down at Brad's lap. So then she looks back up at Brad's face, and he's like, let's see yours now. What? 
what? Anyway, it cuts back to the parents holding hands and acting all lovey-dovey when Brad screams. They run over and see that the tip of his finger is just about cut off. And Don just stares at his bleeding finger while the parents are repeatedly asking her if she's okay. And then it cuts to the title screen. My issue with this... Okay, well, one, my issue is you guys spent a minute and 33 seconds on this opening, not this opening scene, but the preceding scene after the title card that, like, gives you the opening credits. Um, You guys needed that minute and 33 seconds, and I'll get to it later, but I have to say this now before we pass it. At that age, I have to believe, I think Don is four, Brad is what? He has to be, like, six. He can't be that much older than her, but I cannot believe that he actually didn't say anything. I mean, obviously we see this happen again with a different character, but it's obvious why he doesn't say what happened. But a six-year-old, I feel like a six-year-old would say, she bit me. Well, if she really bit him, bit him, then yes, he would have said she bit me. But clearly by the time they got over to the pool, his pants was on. I don't really think he pulled his pants down. I just think, like, you know how... (laughs) They're little kids, but I'm not talking about little kids. I just feel like you can expose yourself. All you got to do is just open it. Like, Yes, but the way that he kind of, like, it looked like he shifted himself. You know how, like, if you're sitting down and you just pull your pants down? If you're sitting in the bed, you just kind of, like, lift up your torso to pull down? Your pants. I mean, you know, they boys, they got a little, we just got this. They got more, they got a tuck and move shit. So maybe that's, I mean, I know he's a child and yeah, I don't want to talk about that, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Actually from true crime, but just saying it from true crime references, when apparently when stuff happens to kids, they don't really I don't know. There's something in you that knows something is wrong, so they don't really go back and say anything. So if something was happening to Brad and he just decided to do it to Dawn, I don't know. I watch a lot of two crimes. But um, there is a long-ass intro credit scene, and it's a bunch of microbes. Everyone's is, this could have been used for something else. This literally could have been used to shape this. Time personality lacking character that we have done that's speaking at this event. So apparently she's a spokesperson for a Christian abstinence group called The Promise and she's wearing this shirt that says I'm waiting in cursive glitter with two wedding bands wrapped in a bow and so after her speech she's sitting with two of her friends listening to what appears to be the adult leader giving his speech now and he's like is touching yourself pure and then everyone in unison says no way! And then he's like, there's kids at your school that think that oral sex is cool. And all the kids are like, heaven help us, which is so weird. Why is everything a call and response? Oh, first of all, I noted that this is definitely a cult. Also, I, I said didn't that like too. I didn't like how one of the only little brown girls in the audience did not have a ring. Why did she not have one? Well, probably because what happens later on. She might have been just there. Taking okay, in the scene. You need to put them, you need to put all those people together. Don't be having them just 
lost in the mix. Like that's how that is not how you get me to join your organization. Don't make me feel well. I guess yeah, it kind of does work because I feel like oh damn, I need to be blah 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 blah. But no, don't do that. Especially not to the don't do that to us. Um, the other thing when Don was talking about guys, are you gonna give it to the first girl that just stepped out of a music video? Yes. What do you mean? Yes. This is proven. Yes. That aged very badly, but I digress. Oh my God. But yes, definitely a cult. But while, and I said while the cult leader is speaking in the background, Don is talking to her friends, telling them that, you know, she misses them, but she's been missing all of their calls because of her jobs. And then she tells them that her mom is sick again. So then this is when my boo tubby walks up. But hold on, pause oh. before that. And this is what I'm saying. And I'm just going to go ahead, throw it out there now. And I'm probably going to bring it up again, but it's fine. As I said, I could do that. That whole minute and 33 seconds you guys wasted? Because she brings up how busy she is. She has a job. Her mom is sick. She's doing this. Now, we can assume that this is the job they're talking about. But no, clearly, I I you say you think it's a job? No, I said, I don't think that's a job. Okay, yes, and that's my point. Why not? Why couldn't they? It seems like somebody was just like, okay, well, what do teens do? Okay, they, they hang out and they do this. So that opening scene, I'm saying, we could have gave her a little bit more personality. Like, we probably could have seen her leaving a job on the way to the speaking event. And then, you know, maybe she calls her dad on the way there to check on her mom or something like that. So, yeah, we would be like, okay, yeah, she is doing a lot and blah, 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 blah. But it's just so flat. Like, it's so carbon copy character. Oh, Okay. So, then my boo, Toby, walks up. The two friends introduce him to Don, and then that's when we get that weird love at first sight music that plays while the screen pans to both of their faces individually however Don's face during this look creepy as fuck like she, like she has a social issue so Phil tells well Phil tells Don that him and Toby were best friends growing up and he starts school with them tomorrow they both say Don and um Toby both say hi to each other and act awkward like, then they laugh awkwardly, and then they turn away from each other. So then Toby says that he hears there's going to be 27 pledges that night. Insert eye roll here. And they're like, no way, phenomenal. And then when he says this, Don's eyes dart to his hand, and we see that he has on a purity ring, but it's also kind of like a crotch shot, too, because his hand is right by his crotch. Right. So then Toby tells Don that the pledges are joining because of her she nervously laughs and says she doesn't know while looking down at her purity ring and fidgeting. So then he tells her that people were related to what she said, but especially the way that she said it. And then you get like a close-up of his face and he looks like he's flirting with her. And then you see her face and she looks constipated. That's because, well, I mean, we know this now, but like this is dang near like that first boy interested in you encounter. It's kind of weird because in her head, it's like, oh, okay, I'm starting to feel these feelings and I know I'm not supposed to. Like, this is, this is kind of weird. But I would have liked to expand on that a little bit more. Oh, I'm going to keep arguing with this movie, but it's fine. <laughs> and it's funny because the details at the end are going to be so shocking, but let's just keep going. 
It cuts to Dawn riding her bike home, humming. And the music while she's doing this reminds me of Edward Scissorhands a little bit. Reminds you of who? Oh, I'm sorry. I had just misheard you. Yes. Love that movie. Anyways, Dawn walks in the house and goes straight to her mom. She hops on the bed and her mom asks her about the event that she just spoke at. And Dawn's like, oh, yeah, it's great. Yada, yada, yada. Her dad walks in, asks about it, too. And she's like, yeah, it was great. They had food, blah, 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 blah. So he hands the mom some tea and then she tells her, you know, you're kind of warm. And then this is when Dawn shoots up because she was laying on her and she shoots up and she's like, have you had any pain today? And the mom's like, yeah, let's talk about some young people stuff. So then Dawn tells her her friends, Gwen and Phil say hi. And they're like, oh, she's so, they're so adorable. They have wheels of iron. And then when she says that she's taking a horse pill, tells Dawn that, you know, things were a little different growing up while laughing with the dad. And then that's when Dawn gets that constipated look again. And then she kind of was disgusted a little bit. And then she said, but it is different now. So then, you know, her dad kind of reassures her that they're not complaining and that she's a blessing. And then as soon as they said that, heavy metal abruptly interrupts their cute bonding moment. Dawn covers her ears and lays her head back on her mom's lap. And then the mom's like, both of our children are blessings. <laughs> the shade. Yeah. So we cut to Dawn in the bathroom brushing her teeth. When she bends over, we see someone stand up in the shower behind her. But mind you, this is one of those like frosted glass sliding door showers. So if you're really not paying attention, you won't notice that someone is there. So she stands back up, lets down her hair in the mirror, begins to unbutton her muumu, such a muumu, while walking towards the shower. And when she slid the glass door open, Brad makes like that fake monster noise while walking like Frankenstein, like, Arr! and then she screams, yells Brad while running out the bathroom. He's like, I got you, bitch. I got you. Feel good. So we cut to Dawn in her room decorating a shirt when she's interrupted by what sounds like someone throwing rocks at her window. Come to find out it's actually not a rock. It's Brad shooting a BB gun at their shared wall while smoking a cigarette with Teddy B metal blasting. And then she puts earplugs in her ears to block out the noise. So the next day, She's biking the school humming again. It's actually gloomy outside, but there's this ethereal fairy tale music playing, like she's in La La Land. And she's part and as she's parking her bike, this one kid is telling his friend, which turns out to be Ryan, there she is, make your moves set. As Dawn is locking up her bike, a car starts and rap music starts playing, and she looks disturbed for a second, collects herself, then stands up and turns around all preppy. And starts walking to the door like she's the shit and the most popular girl in school. I'm really curious as to why they picked this song. Because it drops an end bomb and I'm just like, okay. Oh, so I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> All right. I mean, it works because in the grand scheme of the character, and this is one thing I can't admit that they do well. She obviously, you know, just like our parents, when they hear songs that have too many cuss words or you know whatever type of words they don't find too pleasing they say something but she acts the same way because when she hears it she makes that face but I'm just like dang did we have to pick that song like or that part of the song it couldn't be no it can you know okay it's cool but so she's walking towards the school holding the straps in her backpack like a nerd and then you hear a girl mock the shirt that she's wearing because the shirt says love is worth waiting for but then you hear the girl say love is worth waiting for but then Dawn smiles and smooths off her shirt like, yeah, I'm cute. But then this guy walks behind her and is like, wait, yeah, I'll wait for a bitch to get her panties off. And then at the same time, behind the dude, this another girl is like, I'd have to wait too if I was dressed like that. 
And then two guys like jump in front of her and it's like, what kind of soda you got? We got cherry. Pop that cherry. And then pop soda cans up in her face. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, her face is all confused and traumatized, but she's still walking through like, I got this. So one of the dudes who sprays the soda, the one on the right, that is my boo, Nathan Parsons. Uh, so total fangirl moment. He played Jackson in the originals. I love the originals. And that's another one of my favorite shows. And he's also in this show called Roswell in Mexico on CW. I heard it sucks, but I might go back and watch it just because I love his face. Sorry. So Ryan was looking super enthusiastic and was about to ask her how her summer was. But then his friend shoved him across her path and he ends up falling. And then she stops, looks confused as fuck again. And then this is when we see Toby standing at the door looking tired for her. So she parks up and waves and greets him. And then Gwen and Phil are standing there with him as well. And she's like, quite a welcome. And then the boy who got shoved, Ryan, got mad that his friend ruined his shot to hit on Dylan. So now we're moving on to sex ed. Yay. They just wrapped up penis talk and now have to move on to talking about vaginas. And the sex ed teacher can't even say vagina. So... Don is sitting there sketching wedding dresses and Toby is staring at the back of her. So back to the sex ed class. All of the books have this big ass gold sticker covering a detailed diagram of a vagina. And apparently the school board concealed this diagram, but yet y'all let everyone see a detailed diagram of the penis. Okay. Two. So that huh, huh? Two of them at that. Right. So now all the kids are trying to rip the sticker off the diagram because they're confused and they all end up ripping the page instead because I guess he's some heavy duty industrial stickers. So all the kids are like, okay, why are you covering up the vagina? But we can see penises. And the teacher's like, man, I mean, it's obvious. And then the kids, but the kids make a valid point. So then the teacher's like, it's different. And then Ryan's like, how is it different? And his friend clouds him and clowns him and says, sadly, you'll never know. So then little Miss Dawn raises her hand to tell the teacher that, you know, girls have a natural modesty. So depicting it would be, and I don't know what she said after that, but the whole class laughed at her. And she was Toby, being a pick me, basically. But I actually thought this scene was funny. And then Toby yells, he thinks so too. And then they look at each other with like this whole, well, Dawn is looking at him like thanks. And then Toby's looking at him, her like, I fucking love you. You know how like they be looking at each other when the, when the one boy stands up for the girl who gets made fun of all the time. So now we cut to Toby, Phil, Gwen, and Don at the movies. Phil excitedly said that he read about this R-rated movie and that he hears that it's good. And then Gwen and Don look at him disgusted. And then Phil's like, "Oh, I didn't mean we should see it." But then Don says that even the PG-13 movie is gonna have heavy making out. Girl, no, just go home. Just go home, because no. But even on top of that, the fashion in this movie is sending me, because I feel so attacked. Like, I don't think I ever liked the shirt with the cami over top. I did that. I, I hated it. Like, it was just like... I think the only reason why I did it, though, is because you wore uniforms, and I wanted to break rules. So I would do the whole white polo shirt with like a black cami over top with like my khaki uniform skirt yeah that's a lot like mm -mm. so toby ends up suggesting a cartoon movie 
And now we're in the theater, and Phil has his arm wrapped around Gwen, and they're holding hands. Meanwhile, Don is eating popcorn, and then kind of freaks out when her and Toby's hands touch in the popcorn bucket. And of course, he apologizes, but then Phil leans over to kiss Gwen's ear, and they look at each other and kiss him and snuggle. And then Toby actually sees them kiss and turns back to look at Don all weird while eating popcorn, which is so weird. Another thing I like about this part is the movie actually goes with what's happening in the scene. It's another scene that does this later. I want to say it's between uh, Brad and Don. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, all the way at the end. But they do a good job of using their ambience to match the mood. So now we cut back to the crib and Brad is with his girlfriend, Melanie. They're listening to heavy metal. And then Melanie asked about his deformed finger. And then Brad was like, yeah, it happened as a child, but I can never figure out what happens. And then he's like, I think Don bit me. And then Melanie is like, dude, you think a baby bit the end of your finger off? Oh, Charlie. Oh, you know, kids are cute. I think I've seen a picture of them recently. Like they're like big now. And I'm like, mm, I can't handle this. Like, when they start showing us pictures of Gavin, I'm going to lose my shit. I am yeah, not yeah. ready to see. I Like, I'm talking about, like, recently. Like, I haven't seen Gavin recently. Oh. I feel like the last time I've seen Gavin was, like, it was definitely before 2020. I know that. So I know that little boy looks way different now. And I just, I'm not ready. We cut to an aerial view of the town, and the crew is driving down the road with the nuclear towers in the background. This time they have black smoke coming out of it instead of white. Apparently, this is factually wrong. The black smoke coming out the little towers. I wanted to talk about that, but it wasn't that. I feel like, well, not that I feel like, I know for a fact that these were symbolic of something else, but I'll just save that for the end. Okay, but yeah, unless the planet's on fire, there'll never be anything other than white steam coming out of them. I only knew that because I live in Gary, right next to a steel mill, but... That wasn't part of my concern. Clearly left the movies, and now they're in the woods at the makeout spot. And it's apparently only a makeout spot at night. And then Don doesn't think that being there is a good idea. But Phil is like, eh, we're in a group. But y'all act like group sex and making out with people while in a group setting is not a thing. But okay. So Toby's like, we'll police each other, right? And then they continue off to frolic in the woods. So... I just want to know why Gwen is walking through the woods with platform wedges. I didn't even notice. I did, because she, she looked like she was struggling a little bit. And then she leading the group. But anyways, they reach the watering hole, and there's a waterfall. And they're, of course, in awe of the beauty of nature. It's a cool little chill spot. But they lost me at having to walk through poison ivy. But then Don points at a cave and said, is, is that a cave? And then Gwen's like, yeah, people there go, people go there to, you know, and then you cue dark, dramatic, mysterious music, and they just stand there looking. Right, every time. But I mean, I know that's supposed to be the joke of the movie, but yes. So it cuts back to Brad. Clearly, he just finished fucking old girl because they get another doggy style, and he's like, you like that? And then she goes to talk about how good her pussy is and other boys like it just fine. And Brad's smoking a cigarette and was like, well, then go fuck them. <laughs> because they're doing anal because he has an aversion right. to vaginas now. Right. So Melanie starts putting on her fishnets and is looking at him like, damn, you don't give two fucks about me, do you? And then Brad gets up to get a dog treat out the box and yells for his dog to come back inside. 
Brad hops back in the bed to cuddle with Melanie, kind of. But then he takes a dog treat and starts like slowly moving around her mouth, like he's like he's trying to like engage in foreplay with her. He tries sticking it in her mouth seductively, and he looks turned on, and she looks disgusted. And I said, return her mouth. of the kink. Return of the kink. She opens her mouth so and would knock it off. And then that's when he shoves the dog treat in her mouth. I know his room got a stink. I know his room smell like sweat, dog, and probably old Fritos. Mm. And outside with a hint of outside. Like, I know his room stink. I mean, the door kind of stays open. It's probably like a whiff of dog poo too. Like, ooh, child, ooh, gosh, hot dog water. <laughs> so now we're back at the woods with the crew, and Don is telling Toby that she's always wanted to wait until marriage to have sex. Toby's like, so no one's ever even touched it, and then Don's like, absolutely not, and then asks why, and then Toby's like, I'm a virgin, and then Don tells him that's great, and then he's like in his eyes, basically saying in God's eyes, and then Don looks at him like, bit what? And then she's like, oh. So then Toby explained that it was just once. It just only happened once a year and a half ago. And he's still dealing with the guilt. And then Don tells him that, you know, you're stronger now. Since you've already been there and you've seen the dangers of it firsthand. Then Toby smiles and looks at her. And then it cuts to the whole crew driving back in the dark. No, ma'am. I'm not sitting in the back seat with my friend. Um, I know you got what you got going on, but... I'm not sitting in the back with you, sis. I'm sitting with my boyfriend on the ride home, just saying. <laughs> but I know why they did that in the movie. Yes. Once Dawn gets home, she goes into her parents' room to kiss her mom goodnight and turn off their light. She goes to turn the TV off, but then gets distracted by this movie that's playing. It's this weird creature with teeth killing this man. And she looks intrigued and then disturbed and then cuts off the TV. So now she's in bed and she starts to attempt to feel herself up while fantasizing about marrying Kobe and their wedding night. And then just as, about she's, just as she's about to touch her cootie cat, her fantasy is interrupted by the visual of whatever the creature was that was on the TV. Then she freaks out, covers her face, and is like, what's wrong with me? Then repeats purity twice. It was the champagne and roses for me. The next day, Don is late to class and then refuses to speak to or sit next to Toby. When she gets to her seat, the teacher tells her that what she was just talking about in class is about her and she missed it. And basically, the teacher was explaining how a rattlesnake evolved to save itself. And was talking about mutations and adaptations and all that stuff. So we cut to the boys' locker room. Naked boys, ass cheeks, peen shots, you name it. And Toby's phone... It's basically the opening scene of Carrie, but with boys. So Toby's phone is ringing as he's leaving the shower. It's Don calling him to tell him that, you know, they can't hang out anymore because they don't have pure thoughts. And they can't even hang out in a big group. And then tells him that we're so in sync while fighting back tears after he tells her that he was thinking the same thing. Girl, shut up. Also, why? Why? Is this grown man standing there? Why are you standing there, coach, in the boys' locker room? Yeah, that was weird, too. I was like, okay, because I was looking in the women's room, and I was trying to see if there was an older woman in there, because maybe he was standing there to be like, okay, hurry up and get dressed. But there was no dialogue coming from him at all, I don't believe. And I also don't think I saw... 
an older woman in that other room. I thought one of them was an older woman, but you know, they all kind of look old for their age, but you know, everybody don't age like us and that's okay. Tastes like cheese. So now Dawn is back home reading a book on Greek mythology. Meanwhile, in the background, Brad is arguing with his girlfriend. This little dude tells her that she looks a lot better with a dick in her mouth. And apparently, she only likes anal and won't have normal sex and she's upset because it hurts. So, yeah, this is when we find out, you know, he wasn't really hitting it from the back. He was in that back door. Right. So, now, Dawn has been interrupted by their arguing and takes out their, her earplugs. Then she hears Melanie tell Brad that she loves him. He's like, you love me? She's like, yes, and you love me. You know you do. And he said, I love you too. I love your ass. And then starts laughing. The next day, Don goes to talk to Brad about his relationship with Melanie, and this rude fool says, there's no me in any bitch. What? I mean, and at this point, <laughs> Right, but at this point, I was annoyed with this movie the first time I watched. The first time I watched, mm-hmm. this is when I got annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't even know why I got annoyed, but by this point, I was annoyed. <laughs> so, she, Don wants to talk about the argument she heard last night, and then Brad is like, did that turn you on? which made her look hella confused and disgusted. So then she goes on to say, I know we've never been close and we've been like brother and sister and we've never been like sister and brother and I don't know why that is. And he's like, sure you do. And again, she looks confused and also kind of crazy. And he insists that she knows and she insists that she doesn't know. And so then Brad tells her that all that abstinent bullshit is a front and everyone knows who she's saving herself for and he's been real patient and then he's like do you think I like living here with these assholes and then that's when she looks confused and disgusted and says mom and dad then he tells her to sit her pretty ass down even and then she looks even more confused and disgusted and then the scene cuts to her slamming his door and screaming in frustration, frustration while walking into her room so now she is in the woods sitting by a tree and decides to call Toby. She tells him that she needs to see him and this dude flies down the dirt road. This is very <laughs> accurate. <laughs> like, very accurate. Oh my God. So when he gets off the car, she tells him that she brought her bathing suit and they go running in the woods towards Seminole. But mind you, peep the shirt. When she walks into the car, she has on a shirt that says, warning, sex changes everything. Yes, the same one from the cover, right? The programming. My God. So now Don is in her bathing suit and Toby's in his underwear. He, like, creeps out from behind the tree. And then she tells Toby he looks just how she imagined. And then Toby's like, oh, bet you've been fantasizing about me. I've been fantasizing about you, too. But, you know, flesh clothes on and then Don awkwardly runs to dive in the water, leaving Toby standing there awkwardly. Then he runs in and jumps behind her. This so swimsuit water, was ugly. It was. I get it. But at least a pretty color, because the colorway was even ugly. But whatever. They're in the water laughing. They start to kiss. And then Toby tell her, tells her, this does not feel wrong at all. They kiss again, and they're trying to climb up the rope swing. And I'm like... So y'all don't know how to use a rope swing? Like, you don't know that you're supposed to, like, take the rope, drag it to, like, the bank, climb out, and then, like, swing and fall in the water? Like, what are y'all doing? Anyways, so they start kissing again, and this time Toby tries to grab a boob, and Don grabs his hand and interlocks his fingers. Always gotta take it too far. Always gotta take it too far. Can't right. never, can never just enjoy 
an inch. Always just got to do the most. Always. So she grabs his hand and interlocks her fingers and says purity, and then they nod in agreement. But then her ass swims towards the fucking cave. You know, the cave where they go to cue dark, mysterious music. And of course, seeing that she's going towards the cave, Toby excitedly follows her. In the cave, Dawn decides to climb out the water and goes to sit on this made-up bed area, but it's not really a bed. It's like a deflated air mattress and a comforter, but she sits her on it and wraps herself in the blanket. First of all. First of all. First of all. First if of there's all, blankets yeah. and a whole made-up bed in the cave that you know people be fucking on, why would you wrap yourself in it? There's all types of bodily fluids and shit on the blanket. First of all, it's a white stain on it. First off, let's start there. Two, the only way I'm going to defend her naive ass is just off the strength that since she don't know, she probably doesn't know. But still, no. (laughs) It's just like still. It's still like, ma'am, like, you're scared to go see a PG-13 movie. So you're completely fine with sitting in a cave that you know people been boning in. Okay. Uh, Toby starts to swim towards her. And then she tells him to stay in the water. And then he's like, but I'm freezing. So he climbs out anyway and crawls to get in the blanket with her. He starts kissing her shoulder. And then she looks at him and they start kissing. And then, you know, how kissing goes, start to lay down or whatever. So once his ass lays down, Don becomes uncomfortable and tries to get Toby to go back outside. So he's like, all right, cool. And then he begins to get up, but then he was like, hey, oh, wait a minute, can I just do this? And then starts kissing her chest. And then she stops him and tells him that, you know, they made a sacred promise and for him to get off of her. And then his nasty ass tells her that she doesn't have to do anything while pulling down his underwear. Sir. So then Don's like, no, panics and is trying to push him off of her. And then he's like, I haven't jerked off since Easter. That's not my problem. This is low-key what happened to Margaret White but very light, almost. If you don't know who that, it's fine. We'll talk about it later. Some of the survivors automatically know who I'm talking about, but we'll talk about her later. Okay. But now Dawn is yelling that she is saying no. She yells, Toby, don't. And then he puts his hand over her mouth and pushes her head down. And I'm guessing he, like, smacked her head against the cave floor. And now she's dazed and passing out. So he's apologizing, saying he's sorry and trying to call her name, but she's semi-unconscious now. And now that she's semi-unconscious, Toby decides to take it upon himself to rape her. But once she thought that penis, Don jolted away and tried to fight back. Then Toby tells her it's okay, and she's still peering in his eyes, and she's screaming no. And then he's screaming in pleasure, and then you hear a crack, and he starts screaming in horror. And That's she's like, I don't know what was wrong. So now he gets up and he's dickless, bleeding, and then he falls into the water. Meanwhile, I do like, I do like that they, we clearly know what happened, but they take so long to show us what happened. And it's almost like, you, do you ever have that friend that you're trying to get them to tell you or show you what's wrong and they're doing everything else but, and you're starting to get frustrated, like, fucking show me what happened already. <laughs> It's a good build-up. Yeah, because you're really just staring at him screaming and her looking scared. But 
then you see that his penis is just laying on the clay floor. And now she's traumatized, horrified, and is yelling out for Toby. But there's no answer, just silence. So then she goes and sits in the woods fully dressed for a while and then decides to ride her bike home. So did you notice that when she goes in the house, the bathroom door had a door knock on it? Mm-hmm. Did you uh, hear what her dad says to her? There's dinner if you want a bite. And she's like, I ate. You get it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why like some of this is good. A lot of this is problematic. But anyway. So after that interactions with her dad down the hall, she decides to take a shower. And in the shower, she's shaking. And then after the shower... She's sitting on the edge of the tub, traumatized. And then later in bed, she replaced Toby screaming in horror in her head, and then she sheds a tear. Then I'm guessing this is the next morning, but she or it's still that night, but she decides to rip all of her wedding dress sketches off of the wall. And mm-hmm. then meanwhile, Brad is shown laying in his bed, sucking off that sucking on that bit off finger. Yeah, that's the same night. So poor thing. The next day, on the way to the promise meeting, in the car, Gwen tells Don to just improvise during her speech. And Phil's like, yeah, you'll be fine. But she wasn't really listening. So then Phil's like, Toby will be there. And then this is when Don gets surprised and asks if she's seen him. And then Phil's like, he wanted, he said he wanted to come. And Don was like, well, when? And then he's like, a couple of days ago. But he wanted to support you, but not if it would make you nervous. So at the meeting, the kids cheer her on and she comes on stage. But this time, she's dazed and confused and more flat than she was the first time she gave the speech. And so then she's like, Mr. Vincent asked me to speak to you today. Purity, yes! So creepy. Then she's like, yesterday I was pure. And then the crowd was like, she will be called a woman because she was taken out of man. And it's weird because they're all emotionless. The first like, time I watched this, I was trying to figure out, was this a fever dream? Like, was it going to go back? But I'm like, no, she actually bombs this. Especially when they get to mentioning the serpent in yes. Bones of My Bone, Flesh of My Flesh. When they get there, I'm like, okay, this has to be a dream. But no, like... You know, no. the connotator comes on stage and takes her off. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, no, that really happened. She really, okay. Okay, but here, peep this though. So she, she did fumble through the speech. And then that's when she talks about Adam being inside. Is it the Adam inside? And mm-hmm. then like, okay, born my born, flesh my flesh. And then she fumbles again. And then she talks about there's something lethal inside of her. And the crowd says serpent. And then mm-hmm. she doesn't know what it is. And then the crowd is like the serpent beguiles something and then that's when the serpent yeah i kept rewinding that trying to figure out what the f these kids are saying and every time and i watched this on three different tvs it was like indistinct indistinct i'm like what do you got to know what this the serpent beguiles something and then mr vincent dismissed her and he said exile from the garden and then when he said that she walks off the stage and the crowd is whispering, the serpent, the serpent. And then he's yeah. like, well, it was not part of God's original plan, thanks to Eve and the devil. And then when he said the devil, he pointed to her. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, think, like that's actually good. 
and with it not being a fever dream or something she just imagined in her head that makes it better but then you got everything else that's going on in this damn movie and i'm trying to figure out like i just want to know why is everybody talking in unison and how do y'all know what y'all supposed to be responding to y'all creepy as hell i told you it's a cult it's a cult it is like i'm not like I was going to say, I know there are people that really do practice abstinence. And no, I'm not saying you guys are in a cult. This, this promise, no, this, is, this, is, this, this is, is a cult. Yes, yes. Because it's like all that, progr- it, it's a lot of programming. And the way they were acting, it, it anyway. After before the meeting, you go on, before you go on, because I know you're going into the, um, well, I would assume you're going into the party scene. Can I just point out that this whole scene is in reverse and that there's a kid passed out in the back? But why? What? When it's the shot of the kids dancing is backwards. It's playing backwards. If you watch the girls' ponytails, you can tell that it's going backwards. But then when it goes to Dawn before Ryan's corny, creepy ass slides on her, there's a kid passed out in the back. Like maybe, what did did you, the, the offering? What did you pass out on? What happened? I did see the kids, though. Yeah, I was like, and because at the first time I watched it, I ain't think too much of it. But the second time I watched it, I was like, wait, wait, wait. This is not that type of party. Why are you passed out back there? Yeah, that's so weird. So after the meeting, there's a little dance that's happening. I'm guessing it's at the same venue. And Don is sitting there looking dazed and confused and alone. So Ryan literally slides on her, like literally slides up on her and is confused as to why, or, and she's confused and asks why he's there. But she doesn't really care. She's just like, yeah, did you drop? Let's go. Because he was actually there to support her. Um, and then as he's dropping her off, he asked her out and she said, that's funny. And then said it's not him. And then he was like, you know, it's not a big deal. But that boy was feeling rejected when he drove off. Because small dick energy, small dick energy, boy, just go home. Because <laughs> like, that's why you got your ass whooped. That's why you got your ass beat. Because first of all, just, in, no, in nobody's neighborhood is you about to bust a U-turn, come ring my doorbell and bang on my door like that. I'm glad Brad did what he did. And I like that he was like, <laughs> he was like, if you want some more, you could come and see us again. Yeah. And then just walked off as you should. Because, no, <laughs> it's just like Dark and the Wicked when the um, fake priest was banging on a door at 3 a.m. He should have got his ass whooped, but that was a demon, so we wasn't going to do nothing. But, Ryan, you can get touched, boo, as you did. At, yeah, at first I was feeling bad for him because I was like, damn, that sucks. But that was the fakest punch I have ever seen in my life. It was a nice little makeup effect later. <laughs> but, anyway, Don goes back to the swimming hole and sees that Toby's car is still there. She swims to the cave and then screams in horror when she sees a crab crawling on Toby's penis. First of all, <laughs> she was in a rush. She really had all her clothes on, and I'm like... Yeah, she jumped in with all her clothes. Okay, so you're going to sit there and wait for your clothes to dry, is what you're telling me. Well, I guess you rode a bike, so you do get free wind service, but still, no. So <laughs> after... Seeing this, she goes to the top of the cliff and drops her purity ring off. It's kind of sad. Did you think it was funny, or did you catch the joke that his um, 
little piece of dick was getting pinched by crabs. Like, he had crabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes home and soaks the page in the book that had the sticker on it in the bathroom sink so that the sticker can be removed. Okay, and but how the ink don't keeps- run? Because I'm pretty sure there were times that I messed up some of them books and that ink ran. So I'm just curious because I know, I know they ain't got no laminated pages. I know that. So when she gets the sticker off and she sees the diagram, she looks confused and slides the page off the water to look at it like for real, for real, like up close and personal. So then she goes on her laptop and researches vaginal mutations and realizes, <laughs> excuse me. Okay, so then she goes against her laptop and researches vaginal mutations and realizes she may have vagina dentata. It's basically a myth of a toothed vagina where a man wants to battle with the creature and break her power. And this is all too much for little Miss Dawn and she can no longer look at this clay doll with teeth where a vagina should be. So then she decides to ride her bike to the gynecologist to find out what's happening to her. She I like this off- little scene when she's riding oh. her bike. It's so much, as you would say, it's so much programming going on because we see a billboard that has a girl on it. And, you know, we can assume what it's for. But across her boobs, it says perfect. But then on the other side of the screen, I don't know what type of restaurant it is, but it's a restaurant. And it says, get your banana split for 99 cents a day. Like, just little shit like that is funny to me. I love it. That was brilliant. When she gets to the gynecologist's office, you know, the guy starts off the exam normally. Like, but it's a pretty awkward scene. This is her first gynecological appointment. And before he started, he was like, you don't know what to expect, do you? She's like, not really. And he's like, don't worry. I'm not going to bite you. And then she looks confer- concerned as fuck when he said that. It's like, you might not bite me, but I'm just going to bite you. She tells the doctor that she's just there to get checked out to make sure there's no adaptations or anything. He asks her if she's sexually active. She says no at first, and then she says yes. He tells her that there's no judgments made in this room. Deal. She's like, deal. But then this maniac takes off one of his gloves and begins to fill around down there. That is, that is not unsanitary. part of it. That is not part of what we do here. It's also unsanitary. What if she had crabs? Maybe had crabs. Okay, so he asked, how's this? And of course, out of naivete, she's like, shouldn't you tell me? And this creep says, that's good. So then he rolls back, gets the light to shine on her vagina, and then he lubed the fuck out of his whole fucking hand. Like, I'm not even joking. He lubed all five fingers. And then said, so let's test your flexibility. Then this pedophile stuck his hand up her vagina. All five fingers. And she's clearly in pain. And he's just like, lie back and relax and just breathe through the pain. And she's like, I can't. And he's like, he stands up. And it's like, my goodness, you're tight. Yeah. So I'm guessing at this point her vagina started mutating. Because at first he's like, there you go. But then he gets a little confused. And he's like, wait a minute, what did you put in there? And then, mind you, at the same time, she's been writhing in pain and uncomfortable. The next thing you know, it sounds like a bear trap closes, and then the doctor starts screaming. 
So now they're both screaming at the same time. And he's trying to get her ha- his hand out of her vagina, but it's like got a death grip on his hand. And then he starts sliding her around on the table. Like, you know, when you're playing tug of war with your, do- with your dog and you're just like sliding your dog around. That's exactly mm-hmm. what she's doing. That's what exactly what he's doing to her on the table. So now mm-hmm. she's holding onto the table for dear life. He flips her over and then there's a crunch. And now he has no more fingers. <laughs> so now Don is in one corner screaming at his four fingers lying on the floor. And the doctor is in the other corner holding his wrist screaming as blood is squirting out of the nubs that's left. And then he's like, it's true. Vagina dentata. Vagina dentata. Ah, vagina dentata. So weird. Meanwhile, Don screams and then runs out the room, not dressed. Like she grabs that really sent me. It <laughs> was hard like, looking back at him and then just why did she run off like that? Like that really I don't did it to me. And then I I I'm just not sure if I could be able to ride a bike after all of that. This is exactly this is exactly why I have a female OBGYN. And I was gonna say Ricky mistake. I made that note earlier, but I just didn't say anything. But always this is exactly why. But it makes and sense it because she did did they tell us how old she was? No, they didn't. And it's like this is your first time? I, I kind of well, feel actually, like no, I didn't go to I didn't okay. So I didn't go to the actual standalone OBGYN until I was 18 and I was in college. I feel like I started going like my sophomore year. So I can see how that was could have been her first time going because I didn't have my first appointment until after I turned 18 and I was in college. Okay. Weird, right? <laughs> No, I don't think it's weird. I'm just saying, like, I was, my mama was like, okay, yeah, this is what you do, so here you go. And then also growing up, I was in, like, a teenage pregnancy prevention program that actually dealt with HIV and AIDS and STDs and stuff like that and try to prevent teenage pregnancy. So it was like, my mom was one of those moms that was more so on the preventive route, preach abstinence. But if you are going to do something, tell me and let me know so that we can go take the appropriate steps to get you what you need. But I just waited until I got to college to do that. And after I graduated high school to finally do anything. Yeah, I can see that. But that's why she took me at that age. But yeah, no, I see your point. I mean, you know, obviously different lives. Yeah. And I have I have quite a few friends who went crazy when they went to college because they had overprotective way more overprotective parents than I did so I kind of triggering the movie just a little bit back to her biking away from the scene of the crime so now she's biking away after all this crap that just happened to her and several police vehicles appear behind her and over the speaker they tell her this is the police pull over now pull over now but they end up passing her instead and after they pass her she sees someone driving a car that looks like Toby's car and she decides to go back to the woods. And then while she's hiding out in the woods, watching them, she sees the police bringing up Toby's body. That's what he gets. When she gets home, she cries out for her mom, then dad, then mom. And then she turns the corner and sees her mom laid out in the middle of the floor in front of the bathroom. She yells for help over the loud, heavy metal music. 
But when the camera switches angles, you see that Brad is fucking Melanie with the door open and the mom's legs are just laying in the hallway. And then Don scrambles to the phone to dial 911. When I first watched this, I was pissed and I was over the movie for real for at this point. Like you just don't see her laying there, you just don't care. Me being the girl, me putting myself in her Payless shoes. I still feel like I would be like, no, we need to go get her help. You know how he is. So why would you just not disregard what he says immediately? Like, you know he's a dick. And you, I'm pretty, she has to be aware that the mom is sick. So, exactly. So I'm just, okay, girl, whatever. Dawn is jolted awake in the hospital by the sound of something crunching in half. And she's laying on her dad's lap when she jolts awake. Dawn's dad tells her to go home, get some rest. Next thing you know, she's standing in front of her house, but it appears as if she walked home from the hospital. Which is yeah, I was trying to figure that out too. I was like, no bike, because you know, usually one right. of the times that we've seen in the movie, she drives up to it and like puts her bike like kind of closer to the door. So I was just like, uh, must be a small town. But then that makes sense because I'm like, well, maybe she rode in the ambulance for her mom or something. But you oh yeah. Home. Yeah, you're right. But then the thing that pissed me off too is because I'm like, why is the front door wide open? So it's it's well the way we it see that he left the door open when he was boning. So they when they probably carried her out, he just probably never closed it when they left. Like the front door is wide open. Like the hell. So as she walks to the front door, you gradually hear the heavy metal music getting louder. But then you hear. Brad and Melanie arguing again. I love this sound design. Oh, yeah, it was it was good. Um, Brad yells for her to shut the fuck up, and it sounds like he shoots the BB gun, and then Don's eyes get wide, but then that, that shooting noise turned into Don banging on Ryan's garage. Yeah, it's and a jump he, clip. Yeah, so he is laying in the bed knocked out and he jumps awake and so when he opens up the garage Dawn is hysterical she tells him that she has no one else to talk to her mom's in the hospital and she has to turn herself into the police and I'm like so you can't go to Gwen and Hill but I'm guessing yes. not so she's- I was going to say that but I'm like I'm going to go on a tangent so let me just hold it because what because even okay I'm gonna hold it I'm gonna hold it and I'm okay. guessing I'm like, so you can't go to Gwyneth Hill because you've been laid with the devil? Is that why? Okay. So Dawn tells Ryan that she killed someone and Ryan's like, what? And then she's like, uh, actually, almost two people. And then Ryan, like, nervously laughs and then Dawn tells him that she has vagina dentata and then explains the myth while crying. So then we cut to Dawn in a bathtub covered in bubbles. So Ryan knocks on the door and hands her a big-ass red pill that his mom takes. For her nerves. And then while she's in the tub, we see that Ryan is in his room setting the mood with all these candles around the room. And I'm like, dude, this ju- this girl just told you that she has teeth in her vagina and you lighting candles around the room to set the mood. Right. So you want your dick chopped off too? <laughs> so Dawn comes out the bathroom asking for her clothes because she needs to go to the police. She has a towel wrapped around her. And then Ryan tells her the pill is going to make her fuzzy so she should go tomorrow. And then Dawn insists that she has to confess. But then... He's like, but you want them to take you seriously, don't you? So then he sits her down in the bed and pops champagne and then pours them both a glass. So Ryan poses a toast 
And then apparently this touches Don, so she touched his beat up face, which we know has is because of Brad. And then she she tells him that this is just how she always dreamed it would be. Girl, what? Sad and it, what? This is what you okay, dreamed? Okay. What? Well, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think she realized that she was actually drugged. But I think she's re- referencing the candle. But anyway, and the champagne. But yeah. then she looks sad and takes a sip and then spills it on herself. And so then he tells her, you know, it's okay. It's a relax. She's right there. And then he's like cuddling her. So the screen goes black. But then it opens back up to Ryan using a vibrator on her and massaging her boobs. Dude, at this point, I'm happy that um, Mitchell apologized for this part and said this was one of the biggest parts he regretted. I still want to know, like, all the people that watched this movie, nobody said anything. Nobody was like, hmm, like, this don't translate to how you trying to make it. Like, you're making this, you're trying to turn this from him drugging her into consensual sex. It's not how that works. But actually, actually, this shit is real life. And I understand that. I know that. But it's just like. And it's kind of scary. Watching it back. Watching it back. Yeah. It was kind of of scary for me. Because I hate to be the one. I hate to be the one to play off of a girl's naiveness or naivety. Whichever word you prefer. Because that's really what it is in this case. Like, right. Uh, and I hate that because, as you said, this this is how it happens. If this had been the thing with Toby, maybe. If this was Toby instead of Ryan, maybe I would have bought it more because she liked him. If Ryan randomly attacked her the way Toby did, then maybe that would have played out a little bit better as far as her accepting him doing it. Because it's just like, for me, like, girl, you wasn't even thinking about Ryan. Like, and now you just okay with it? And I also think it's because, one, she's drunk. And two, she's high because she, he gave her that sedative. This is true. Yes, this is true. This is true. After he finished filling her up, he goes to get a condom and looks confused as fuck as to which side is the right side. Oh, baby. I was like, I wrote, I said, please leave. Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, we don't you, do that. You out here trying to have sex and you don't even know how to put a condom on? Okay. okay. So now John is still laying there, but she waits until he slides up in that thing to be like, oh, you can't. So he asks her if she wants him to stop, and she said no. So then he starts up again, but then she gets scared that the teeth will get him. And then Ryan is like, it's okay. I'm conquering them. I'm the hero. And he says this because that's apparently Boy, what happens to get rid of the vagina dentata, whatever. So the then door it cuts to the morgue, and we see Toby dead on the table. The medical examiner is holding up a weird tooth that they found in Toby's penile stump, and they don't really know what the tooth is. It, it looks like a mix between a shark and an eel tooth, but it's human. And then mm. you get a shot of Toby's purity ring. And then the screen transitions to Ryan giving Don that work. And his orgasm screams are hilarious. Like, <laughs> 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 it sounds like a fucking bird. So 
after they finish, Ryan tells her he can't believe it happened, and Don says the same thing. But she's more saying it from the standpoint because she can't believe he's still alive. And then Ryan's right. like, oh, yeah, right. The tea. And he playfully, like, nods at her because he don't believe that whole tea story was real. And for and the then, survivors, for the survivors, the reason, and at this point, like we said, like, you sh- obviously you should have had seen this movie, but it's always a hard-headed one. The reason why it didn't happen was because it was consensual and she was relaxed. Right. So. Right. And that's how I got it. When I, when I, that's, that's when the light bulb went off for me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's consensual. Mm -hmm. So then we cut to the pedophile doctor getting his fingers put back on. He's in the operating room, you know, trying to put us back. And the surgeon says, you sure you don't want to tell us how this happened? And the doctor no. basically snatches the anesthesia he knew. out of the anesthesiologist's hand to knock himself He already out. knew. He wasn't trying to lose that license. He knew. Exactly. The next morning, Dawn is admiring her naked body in the mirror. She's still at Ryan. This part is so cute. I'm like, okay, girl, you better get that confidence, period. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. Every girl can relate to that part. Like, you probably don't remember the very first time you, like, were aware of your body especially with women and the way that the many ways that our bodies are perceived, that's such a powerful moment. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, I, it's just a thing that only we will understand, but it's so much power in admiring your body, especially learning how you can use it, which is essentially what she's doing. Yeah. So... Ryan tries to sit seductive, sit, sit up seductively in the bed, but Don goes straight to go put her clothes on. And then Ryan's like, where are you going? And Don's like, uh, I still gotta go to the police. I gotta turn myself in. And then Ryan starts up the vibrator. And then Don turns around and looks all seductively, then goes and jumps in the bed to have sex again. So now they're doing it. And then Don's like, you are my hero. But Ryan's friend calls. And then she answers the phone. No, he answers the phone in the middle of them having sex. And she's looking all confused, like, you rude-ass motherfucker. So then Ryan's friend is on the phone asking, did he smash yet? And Ryan's like, yeah, as we speak. And the friend thinks he's lying. So then Ryan tells Don to speak to the dude on the phone. And she says no. And then Ryan's like, you hear that? Then slams the flip phone shut to keep stroking. But now Don is disgusted and asks what that was about. And Ryan's like, nothing. But then he's like, eh, we had a bet on whether we could score. We could score. And then now she's mad. And she's like, you made a bet when I made a sacred vow of abstinence. And then he tells her that he had a hunch that her little vow wasn't all that sacred. And she insists that it was. And he's like, yeah, sure. Your mouth is saying one thing, but your sweet pussy is saying very different. And as soon as he says different, you hear a squish. Mm-hmm. And then he starts squealing. And then Dawn realized her teeth came off the play. And then she says, oh, shit. And that part got me. And that little blue dick. That's what you get. That is exactly what you get. Yeah. And I know I'm jumping ahead. I know I'm jumping ahead. But I'm also very happy that the doctors came through with that joke. Because rightfully fucking so with that small dick energy. Creepo. (laughs) So she says, oh shit, and hops off of him. Now he's screaming and squirting blood everywhere while his blue condom covered penis is laying there on the bed. She opens the garage door to leave and says, some hero, while Ryan is still in the bed screaming. He tries to put his dick back on. Is that why it was blue? Yeah, because of the condom. 
So he had multiple ones or was that the same one for yesterday? Because that's a whole different conversation. Okay. I thought it was was blue. I thought it was blue because like, that's kind of what happens to limbs after a while. But I thought that was kind of fast, but I just was not sure. I didn't even think about that being a condom. Like, oh my God. Yeah, Mm. it's a condom because remember when he was holding the condom to put it on the previous night, it was blue. So I'm just assuming that all his condoms are blue. Well, no, I seen that blue condom, but I only saw that one. It wasn't like there was a box or, and even then when he pulled out that condom, I feel like that one was just there. Like, did he even open it out of a wrapper? Like, I feel like he just whipped that bad boy out. Yeah, he just whipped it out. I mean, it's not important. Yeah, I'm like, boy, this dry shit, it probably popped. But that's why I thought, I didn't think it was a condom. I'm not, I mean, it doesn't matter. But So, Dawn goes to the hospital to see her mom. But when she gets there and tells him, tells them that she's the daughter, she's told that she has to have a seat and wait. So then, back at home, Dawn's stepfather wakes up Brad and tells Melanie to leave the room. But instead, she hides under the, co- she's like, can you give us some privacy? And then she just hides in the covers. So Bill attempts to throw Brad out. Brad, and then this is when Brad starts to talk shit about his stepmom. So Bill smacks the fuck out the back of his head. Then it cuts to Ryan laying in the same operating room that the pedophile was in. And he's getting his penis sewed back on. Then the doctor looked at the penis real hard and said, hardly seems worth it. Then the nurses giggled. So that was the part that uh, actually was referring to earlier. So now we're back in Brad's room and Brad is jumping on the bed telling his father that if he wants him out, he has to throw him out. And his father's like, yeah, I should have thrown your ass out a long time ago. And smart ass Brad agrees and tells him, yeah, you should have. Then tries to kick him. But Bill grabs that leg and knocks him on the bed. They struggle. Then Brad tries to grab his BB gun and fails. Now Bill has him in the chokehold while Melanie's in the corner crying. While in the chokehold, Brad tries to pull Bill's ear off while using his foot to let his dog out the cage. And then the dog attacks Bill. Now we're back at the hospital, and Dawn is laying on her deceased mother and crying, trying to get her mom to hug her back while the nurse is looking in the window watching, crying. Oh, my gosh. That broke my heart. Oh, my gosh. And she was trying to get her to hug her. Who tell? So, yeah. Now we're back at the house, and the dog is still on top of Bill. And he's asking Brad, you know, get this fucking dog off of me. Then Then Brad is like, why you had to marry Kim? And his dad's like, I know you loved your mother. And Brad's like, my mother? I don't even remember that bitch, sir. What? Then he says, you made her my sister. I love your dad. Then this prompts Melanie to start crying. And Billy's like, she loves, first he looks confused. Then he's like, she loves you too. So very much she does. So then Brad lets the dog off of Bill and then tells her to, tells the dog to shut up and get back into the cage. So now Bill and Melanie go meet Don at the hospital and Melanie tearfully apologizes and says that Brad told her to ignore her mother's screams because she does it all the time. Raggedy. This way she messed up. Bitch. So now Don is pissed. She goes home and she puts on a white dress and makeup. And now we see Brad laying in his room smoking a cig. And I have to point out that that door to the outside stays open the whole time. And it irritated me. Like, how is there a doggy door there and there's air and heat leaving the house? Like, your energy bill got to be ridiculous. And I don't know if that got to be the homeowner in me now, but she like that by the way. Okay. <laughs> 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 
So in the middle of Brad watching whatever movie he's watching, Don enters the room and decides to take his cigarette and smoke it. She puts it out, just sits on his bed, and she goes to fill him up. And he stops her and asks why she's doing this now. And then she's like, are you afraid? And then he lets her get on top of him. Then this is when the dog starts whining, because that dog knows that he's in trouble. So Brad is like, yeah, this is too fucking weird. And then Don tells him, just wait. And so she's about to stick it in herself. And then he's like, ah, wait a second. So then he goes to flip her to hit her from the back and make that booty clap. Sorry. <laughs> but she's like, yeah, no, you're going to look at me. Missionary all day. So then she lifts up her dress and he looks under the dress like, eh, oh, no, maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. And then he's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go for it. So now the dog is barking like, nigga, get off of her. You're going to end up with no dick. Because I'm telling you, animals know. So now he's stroking and he's getting cocky and he's like, you see what we've been missing? Now the dog is really whining and trying to get out the cage. And this creep says, we always knew it would play out this way eventually, didn't we? Ever since we were little kids. So then he pauses and stares at her with his finger on her mouth. The same finger that got bit up by her vagina. And she's staring at him. Now we get a flashback of them as kids. And he's holding up his finger, and baby Dawn smiles with all her teeth. At this moment, we're back in the future, and Brad removes his finger from Dawn's lips and starts to get off of her because he remembers what actually happened. Then Dawn grabs him to make him stay in her, and then she used her vagina dentata to snap his dick off. He gets off of her, and she gets off the bed, and you hear the squirts of blood pouring from him. Confused, he's looking for his dick, and then he realize- then Dawn, standing there, releases those vaginal muscles and then dun 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 his dick plops on the floor so now he's holding out his hand longingly like handing my dick please and at this point the dog escapes her her cage and he's like mother get her but instead the dog picks up his dick brad tells the dog to drop it but she eats it instead and then the dog spits out the part that was pierced and then don leaves the room while brad struggles to stand up while yelling, don't leave me. That piercing on the prop used for the detached penis was custom made for this movie out of sugar so that the dog would be safe. Yeah. If the dog accidentally swallowed it. But now, Dawn rides away from home, but her bike gets a hole in the tire, so she decides to hitchhike now. This old man gives her a ride, but she falls asleep only to wake up as he pulls into a random gas station at night. He looks at her and starts making these licking gestures with his mouth, which was so disgusting. <laughs> so half sleep, she takes off her seatbelt and tries to get out. Like she grabs up her stuff and stuff and tries to get out. But then this dude starts repeatedly locking the door. It's like every time she tries to open the door, he locks it and unlocks it. It's a whole fucking game. And she looks at him, and then he licks out his tongue again, basically asking for a little something in order to let her out. Don hesitates, and then she looks towards the camera, and then the old man with a seductive smile. And then that's the end. Mm-hmm. So I want to point out, this is my first note, the very first note. The only person she fucked with the condom was the garage boy. The garage boy, is that what you call him? Yeah, Ryan, my bad. <laughs> no, to be honest, I called him Creepo throughout this entire 
Like I did not find out his name was Ryan until <clears throat> I think it was like until like I actually did my background. Like he was Creepo Boy. What do you think? I'm um, to hear your thoughts. Yeah, because I have a lot of thoughts. So of course, per usual, I go into these crazy deep dives on these movies. There wasn't too many reviews, which prompts, well, obviously, we're going to do a video Actually, review, I, I didn't see any reviews, like video reviews, but I saw a lot of think pieces that were written up. There were all, uh, quite a few, like, blog posts and articles about this movie. Well, what I was going to say was I didn't see too many videos from women. Most of the videos that I saw were from men. And watching these videos, the amount of things that they either danced around saying, neglected, or just things that went over their head when you, well, I can't speak because I'm not a boy, but what I presume the male perspective, the male eye is astronomical. Um, a lot of these videos that I've watched kind of feed into what we're about to talk about as this movie is a, a cautionary tale as it describes itself. It's a cautionary tale to men about sex. And it's crazy that these men basically bought into this because a lot of them as they're talking through the review you can tell where their sympathy lies. It lies more with the men than it does with Dawn. So speaking of Dawn, in the very beginning, she almost reminds me of Amanda Bynes' character from Easy A. But at the same time, the switch up is really fast for me. And this is why I kept bringing up that that entire minute and 33 seconds, even though it is, yes, a minute and 33 seconds. And you know what? I should have been petty and counted to see how long the credits was too. That could have been filled out. I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like the switch up. The, na the naive girl that we first met, and yes, we have growth through movies, but it was something about it that was just too fast for me. Why? Did we not utilize Gwen in this movie? Or even her mom. Like, I understand that when I was growing up, it was hard for me to talk to my mom about certain things. So, you know, yeah, there's that. But because of that, I talked to some of my friends that I trusted. Even though they kind of give us the, they tell us that these are best friends, but they are not treated like best friends in this movie. It really just seems like they just hang out with each other because they go to the same school and they're both, well, I don't and even think. That's cult. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, I'm not even sure if they're in no. the. Yeah, they're in the same school. No, I know they're in the same school. I didn't know if, I didn't know if they went to the promised thing to support Dawn or if they were actually in it with her. Because obviously you see that Phil and Gwen, they kissing and stuff in the movies. They, they with no. seeing R-rated movies and all of that. They were in it with her because, okay, so in that scene where she was spiraling during the speech, they were in the audience saying the exact same things as the rest of the cult. Oh, okay. But I watched this movie for the first time with my sister, who's a nurse. 
And she brought up some good points in regard to adaptation and mutation. And she mentioned how it would actually be beneficial to us as women to have this as a defense. Because obviously when you think about it, certain animals have things that have come over time. Obviously they adapted to this, that helps them survive in their environment. We as women do not. We can strap up, we could get mace, we could get uh, switch blades, whatever the hell you like, but it only goes so far. However, the downside, or not the downside, one thing I pointed out or one thing that I'm curious about is you have to have sex for this to work. On top of that, it has to be a threat presented. So is there a difference for those girls who maybe get nervous during sex and actually do clench up as, you know? So is there a different setting? Like how, how do we go about this? And even with that, eventually with this, if we are staging it like this, if we did have this feature, eventually, even though there's always gonna be a dumbass, hopefully, our male counterparts will learn to control themselves or get clipped. It's, it's that simple. It could eventually lead to less assaults, but I also can see the flip side of this turning into, I, and I hate to say this, but I can see women being vengeful from this as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And that actually leads into something that I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. So there is a female condom that was invented in South mm-hmm. Africa. And so this condom is called Rape Axe. And the condom actually has jagged teeth on the inside, quote unquote jagged teeth, kind of like this movie. But it will cut into an unwanted penis if inserted inside of it. So they're at the teeth are actually sharp inward facing barbs that would be mm-hmm. worn by a woman in her vagina like a female condom. Right. And if the attacker were attempt to vaginally rape her, his penis would enter that latex sheath and be snagged by the barbs, causing the attacker excruciating pain during withdrawal. And it would give the victim time to escape. Like so if the condom is in her, it would leave her attached to his penis and it would actually remain attached to the body and could only be removed surgically and so that would kind of alert hospital staff and police and you know like most condoms it would also prevent pregnancy and hiv and all that stuff and so this was first unveiled um august 31st 2005 in south africa and there have been objections to this invention because people were describing it as vengeful horrible and disgusting And so planned sales for it in pharmacies were heavily opposed. And, you know, there was concerns that were raised that the use of this device could be, um, could possibly actually enrage an attacker and further jeopardize the victim. But the inventor actually responded to that saying that, you know, many women have been killed over time and nobody can guarantee the outcome of any rape. And the pain that's caused from this condom will temporarily disable the attacker, giving the victim time to get away. And so... At the time, 
it was implied that uh, mass production was due to begin in April 2007, but the device was never marketed to the public and actually still remains unclear whether it would ever be available for purchase. I know it went viral like a few years ago and there was a whole CBS article written about it in 2010, but I actually took it upon myself to go look at their website and look at their GoFundMe. And as of January 2020, they actually have not reached their fundraising goal. So they had this goal to reach, to raise $300,000 to be able to make this. As of yesterday, when I looked at the GoFundMe, they only raised $15,000. Mind you. What? Only $15,000. Mind you, this page was created January 2017. So that GoFundMe has been, has been operable since 2017 but as of january 20 actually not january 2020 as of (laughs) march 3rd 2021 yesterday they only Mm -hmm. had reached fifteen thousand dollars raised fifteen thousand only fifteen thousand dollars oh come on and so they said though this was the message in january of last year they said due to your contribution, they had now molded 1,500 pieces and they were sending them all over the world to volunteers who have expressed their interest to participate in further user testing before their official launch. And so they, you know, thanking everyone for their continued support and making it possible. And they said, we're getting closer, but they still need help to spread the word and create awareness for rape acts. And of course, you know, their donations are greatly appreciated to help them continue. And mm. so, yeah, I think that's fucked up. <laughs> They've only raised fifteen thousand dollars out of three hundred thousand that they need, and it's been up since two thousand seventeen. Yeah. And I actually looked at their YouTube video that explains how it works, and my God, that needs to be funded because it. So they first, first they uh, had it where you know the, they had a pocket pussy and they put the um the female condom inside the pocket pussy and they had a dildo and they stuck the dildo inside the pocket pussy and they removed the dildo the uh right back device was attached to his penis and so they were like okay so now we're going to show you what would happen if you were to try to remove it without going to a hospital so then instead of you doing it on the dildo they put it on the carrot and so you know they tried to remove it was securely snug on the end of this carrot they tried to remove the carrot and it shredded the skin off the carrot and then it's also of course one-time use so once someone gets their their dick stuck in it can't reuse it so you gotta have another one but um yeah that's the only alternative that i've seen to try to help thwart rape once it's already happening mm-hmm so, but that's the closest thing to having teeth that any of us would ever have if it even gets funded. Because that, that's, that's so sad. On that tip, I support that. But as far as um, this actual movie and us having this as a defense mechanism, that would be so much harder. Can you imagine how, like, trial cases would be? Um... That would be a whole... That would be a whole animal to try to prove. (sighs) I don't even know how you would even. Because I feel like both ways, like somebody, if I if I really was defending myself, somebody might try to say that I did this on purpose. Which I feel like that might be easier to prove than the other way around. 
I feel like it might be harder to prove that it was on purpose if it's a defense thing. I don't know. Uh, it's so muddy. I feel not like the, was, now I'm talking about the actual uh, dentata, not the condom. No, the yeah, I, no, I'm saying the dentata. I feel like it would it. I feel like it would be hard to prove that it was self defense. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. I mean, just like everything else. Yeah, course. I think that that's the downside. I feel like it would be hard to prove. We already talked about their original marketing poster. So they had this original marketing poster where um, they wanted to kind of like show that innocent, playful side of Dawn. But of course, that's not what was released. What was released was the bathtub scene as cover art. And then also... Actually, that's really the only one. There's another one, um, and this will be the one that you guys will see for this episode. It's an x-ray of the bottom of Don's body, I guess, with teeth at the bottom. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I don't think that's official cover art, though, is it? It is. Oh. Teeth had a budget of two million this is so sad (laughs) (laughs) and in the box office it only grossed two million three hundred forty thousand so really they only made three hundred forty thousand dollars off this movie and it was outperformed at the box office by 27 Dresses, which starred Katherine Heigl. You know what? Freaking Katherine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, over time, you know, people started to like this movie, but... Right. Starting off, nobody liked it. At all. I can um, see why. Yeah. So, again, the only... Then the souvenir shop, I mean, there was like 10th anniversary articles and stuff that was written in 2017 and a lot of think pieces that were written because of the Me Too movement and how teeth, you know, correlated and all that as well. So, um, but as far as ratings go, it has a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 4.3 out of 10 on Film Affinity. So before you tell your rating, Ashley, do you have anything that you would like to add regarding teeth? The only thing I guess I will say that I haven't said is I, this is a movie I wouldn't remind, I wouldn't remind, I wouldn't mind if it got a remake by the right person because um, there, there's a, there's a better story there. I know the 13, not 13, I keep saying 13. A younger me probably would have liked it, but like I said, you know, at that age, you're not that smart, so you probably don't see the problems in it. An older me, obviously, you can see how I feel about it. But shockingly, I'm going to give the movie a 72. Okay. So, for me, 
when I first watched the movie, <laughs> I was highly disgusted. And I was honestly like, what the fuck was this bullshit? And I hit Ashley up like, what the fuck? Yeah, she was like, why did you give me this one? Why do I get the one? I'm like, because, okay. Well, I mean, I guess I said what I said. Y'all probably was thinking I was going to rate this a lot lower because I talked a lot of shit, but it's not, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. So, like, when I first watched it, I was prepared to give it a 10. Because, first of all, I was caught off guard. I was not expecting it to be more like horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of expecting it to be like a horror movie kind of sort of. And, like, I knew the premise. Like, I knew she had vagina for teeth, but I wasn't expecting the movie to be, like, how it was. And it was mm-hmm. triggering on a lot of levels. So, I was just, like, not here for it. And I was purely prepared to give it a 10 because I was like, this movie's trash. I don't like the shit. But then when I watched it over again, I was like, okay. I see what they were doing. I see what they were going. I get it. I'm not mad no more. I had, you know, a, a, a couple of days to think over it and let it sizzle in my spirit. So, I was like, I'll give it. A 65 so I, my final score is a 65 but 65. and I, yeah and I honestly think that I was so disgusted with the movie because of all the rape and the lack of consent and also how campy it was but again yeah. first watching this movie I didn't understand going into it that that's what the point was that yeah. it was supposed to be a comedy so right. once I researched it after I watched it and then I watched it from a different lens I was like okay Mm-hmm. And that goes back into what we've been saying this entire time, that if it's sad, because I would like to know what this movie would have been then had it been marketed in the right way. Like, what if we would have got the correct cover art? Or what if we would have got some more women's eyes on the script? But even without that, like, if it would have just been marketed the right way, I just wonder if this would have been a different outcome. The world will never know. <laughs> well, survivors, uh, I can't let you leave the park without a few announcements. We know it's early. Obviously, we just started a new theme, but we got to get ready for next month, right? So April's theme is Spring on the Remake, and you can pretty much guess what that means. You can submit your suggestions by emailing us at destination180podcast at gmail.com with whatever movies you like to see covered. Obviously, we would prefer if you stuck to the theme, but if you give us another movie, we'll just write it down and try to see if we can fit it somewhere else. If you ever want to see what's new up in the park, you can visit us on IG, B180 Podcast. Don't be stingy. Go ahead, follow a girl. While you're there, you could go ahead and check out our highlights. You can go check out our feed just to see what we're on. Um, last, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. We like five stars. You know, five-star chicks deserve five-star rates. And you have to keep the criticisms clean. If they put, you know, if you put cuss words in it, they're going to block it. And, you know, that doesn't help us. So you got to keep it cute in reviews. And, you know, if you do have criticisms, that's what the email is for. You can email us there. But uh, that's it, survivors. We'll see y'all next week when we get raw. Johnny? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) You wasn't ready for that ending, huh? No, I was not ready for that. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't seen this movie either, but I've heard some things. See, and it's okay. And I said this earlier. Like, I had heard things about teeth, but... You know, I just wasn't prepared. But I've heard some things about Raw, and we're going to see.
I don't know. I mean, I don't know. When I tell you I don't know, I literally, okay, you guys know, um, and I'm stopping the music because I want you guys to enjoy the music. I heard about this movie before I started looking it up for the podcast. I just, some movies I purposely wait to watch. I don't know why I have the time, but I'm just like, you know, don't want to watch that right now. I'll get around to it. Um, I had seen clips of this one on a Watch Mojo countdown, and I was like, oh, you know what? Yes, let me avoid all types of spoilers for this movie because I want to know exactly what happens. I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow. Okay, survivors, I'm cutting the music back on. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Bye, y'all.